In scripture, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. In today's culture, what does this look like? Join two friends, Darby and Jessica, as they discuss the call to action in this verse to abide in Christ, while navigating the issues surrounding Christianity today. Um, where we talk about our faith, um, different struggles we've had within our faith, uh, various topics within Christianity, and how it has impacted us as we've grown. Um, I am Jessica. With me is my fearless friend, Darby. Hello. Hello. And we've known each other for, how long have we known each other now? Oh. Let's see, I'm, well, I'm not going to say how old I am, but. 26 years? No. Nope. 16. 26 years. 16. <laughs> I was going to say, dang, girl. Okay. <laughs> 16 years. Still a long time. I met Darby when she was 16. I was 19. Oh, um, so much for not telling our age. <laughs> dang. Well, that I'm not exactly a rocket scientist, okay? Anyway. Um, anyway, we met Darby uh, and I both were working at a pizza place. I was her, like, supervisor, manager. Very bossy. As she will probably so tell you. Yeah. I don't even know why she put up with me. And I was a total heathen. Right? She came came in talking about how she was on fire for Jesus. And I was like, isn't she cute? Um, so it took me many, many more years before I jumped on that train. <laughs> but I won her over. <laughs> she did. She won me over. It was uh, years of emails back and forth of me asking all kinds of philosophical questions. <laughs> no pressure. Um, <laughs> before we actually got here. So... Our first podcast today is going to be regarding uh, the topic topic of acceptance, which is kind of broad, and we're going to segue into a couple of different areas and how it affects people, but we figured it was one of the most impactful things that we could discuss today because um, it sort of permeates everything in our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptance is something that people are always seeking from others, from themselves. I actually looked this up and when I Googled it, the number one thing that came up was how do I accept myself? So when you type in, how do I and Google accept myself follows it shortly after, which I thought was pretty tragic. Um, and probably indicative of a lot of the things that are going on today. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, issues that people have surrounding their own identity, what their sexual preferences, um, their gender identity, uh, and it, you know, leads us to see why things like the Myers-Briggs typology and the Enneagram and astrology are so popular. Everyone's, everyone wants to be told who they are. So anyway, uh, we started this podcast because we really do believe in what we're doing and we do want to grow the kingdom and it is important to us and we do love the Lord. So hopefully today, anybody that's listening will have some takeaways from this. But the disclaimer that we have here is, again, we are just sharing our experiences. So we don't claim to be the authority on anything. And what we, we share with you is just been what we have um, dealt with ourselves in our lives. And we have both had different struggles to overcome from childhood up until now. And um, we hope that our stories sort of inspire or at least help you in some way. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to say? Or should I just keep uh, babbling? You, you've done a great job covering <laughs> all the points up until now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, you know, you didn't laugh at me this time, so that's good. <laughs> okay. So why don't we start with, like, the main question, which is why is it good to know yourself 
and accept yourself. Do you want to go or do you want me to start? Well, we felt like that was kind of where we should begin. Why is it good to accept yourself? Not that, not begin with you should accept yourself, but why is it a good thing to accept yourself? Mm -hmm. And we felt like that was because you need to know yourself in order to be able to move forward in a healthy way Mm -hmm. to be able to know like, okay, God made me this way. I am a unique creation. I was created for a purpose. I was created this way for a purpose because there's only certain things that you with your unique qualities and gifts can fulfill because you were created for that purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're comparing yourself like, oh, I want to be that person. Well, not everyone can be a speaker to thousands of people. Not everyone's gifted that way. Mm -hmm. But you are gifted in your unique little nook of the world to do a unique job if you're willing to do it. Um, So it's important to know yourself, to know your gifts, to know your weaknesses, to know um, where you need God's strength to enter into your life to help you along and also where you're gifted, where you can serve best. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning yeah, course. that's just the tip of the iceberg. Of course, you know, <laughs> God doesn't keep you in that little nook. <laughs> but um, but it's important to start there. It's a good it's a good foundation um, to build off of. Okay, um, so sort of segueing after that, um, as far as like accepting yourself goes, I think that we have a tendency, like Darby said, to compare ourselves with other people, um, and I think also. Um, in my case, when I was younger, especially in high school, um, I'm an introvert. I was an introvert then, and I was surrounded by a bunch of extroverts. All my friends were extroverted. And, you know, they like to do certain things that I didn't really like to do. And so I would kind of get dragged into doing those things, or I would go along with doing them because I thought that's, like, what normal teenage people did. And I was always not really happy and thought I was kind of weird because I didn't really fit in with them and I didn't have the same motivations that they did. Not to say that anything that they were doing was wrong or bad. They were fun people and I'm still friends with all of them. But um, (laughs) it's just that it was, I just always felt kind of out of place. And so um, the older I got, the more I started to understand myself a little bit. And I think that this is a really important part of acceptance. I think accepting yourself and accepting who you are in God um, can't come without awareness of who you really are. You have to kind of have that peace in place first. So it took me a while. I want to say I was probably about 32 or 33 before I finally started kind of coming around to who I was. Um, and I, I did a lot of it, of soul searching. I mean, asked Darby, I was like throwing her all kinds of questions. Like, what do you think about reincarnation? And she was like, all right, (laughs) I don't know where you're going with this, but anyway, so I was down the rabbit hole of possibilities. I just wanted to know things as much as I could. I was seeking the truth, but I was seeking myself. And, um, along that road, I came across a Myers-Briggs typology, which I I really do like, and I'm not going to say anything bad of, because I know that there, I know there are a lot of Christians out there that think that we idolize that. And I do agree that can sometimes be an issue. Okay. So just for a little, um, clarification can, for those people that don't know what Myers-Briggs is, Mm. can you give a little 
Oh, yeah. Thanks for doing that. Sometimes I just go off and think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Myers-Briggs is a typology system of 16 personalities that was developed by, um, I think it was Isabel Myers and her mother. Um, I want to say in the 1950s. Anyway, it's based off of Carl Jung's principles, um, his archetypes that he has. But anyway, people are categorized into four letters, these preferences they have. So to give you an example, I'm an INFJ. So that's an introverted, intuitive, feeling, judging type. Um, And so these letters work together. That's what they're called, the cognitive stack, their functions, And it tells you a lot about the way you perceive things and how you tend to behave in certain situations. Um, So that was the first time I was really exposed to the concept of what an introvert was. And I think my whole life I've been kind of confused anyway because I, I really do like people. And I can talk, obviously, since you can hear me babbling now, I can talk a lot. But um I I wasn't, it's not something I, I don't gain energy from being out at parties and social events. Like most of the time, I usually dread those types of things. So um, there are a lot of times where I go out and I have a really good time, but you know, I have to be the right mood and the stars kind of have to align. Otherwise I I just don't know. I may end up drained. And so if I end up at a situation, in a situation or social event where I'm not really at my best, I'll be drained at the end of it, and then I won't want really any interaction for like two weeks with people. Uh, not to mean I don't go hermit like crazy on on people and just ignore everyone, but I don't want to go out and like go to a social function for a while after that because I just need more time to recharge. So learning about that and learning that about myself was a really important discovery for me um, because then it kind of le- allowed me to you know, make decisions based on how I was, I was feeling, you know, like who I know I am. Right. right? So like, I didn't have to make myself feel guilty about the fact that I wasn't doing what other people were doing. Right. Except that it's okay that you feel that way, Mm -hmm. that you'd rather stay home when other people are like, come on, it's so much fun. Let's go out. Yeah. And they seem to be fine with it. So why aren't you fine with it? Exactly. I'm not fine with it because I'm not that person. Exactly. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's the way you were created. Yeah. So, um, that really, that label, which we'll call it what it is. It's really just a label on what God's creation is. Um, it, it really kind of helped me sort of seek out the ways that I prefer to operate. And it also really helped me understand other people around me. Once I kind of figured out what their types were, I understood why, you know, they did the things they did or why they needed the interaction that they needed. And, um, it really goes a long way. And I think, kind of cultivating that understanding of others, um, where in areas where sometimes we probably would butt heads. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really good. That helped me kind of start to gain a bit of confidence in who I was. And, you know, obviously I dug deeper into like the world of personality types and I, you know, found myself in the Enneagram, which is actually really popular among the Christian community because I think they believe that it's got its roots in Christianity where it was like, you know, originally discovered. And if you don't know the Enneagram, I believe there are nine types Mm -hmm. and, um, we all have, you know, a certain type that we tend to lean towards. And I think when I tested, I, I tested as like, I think three types, but one was the, the standout, the dominant. And, um, that one is really interesting because it tells you 
your flaws. And that's really what I was looking for. The Myers-Briggs is great in kind of building that confidence and like you learn about yourself or, you know, the way that you are, but, um, it, it's very self aggrandizing. So you also hear a lot of like how you're so wonderful and you're such a visionary and you're talented at this and you're, um, super at that. And I was just at a place in my life where I was like, all right, enough. Like, I just want to know what I need to work on because I was seeking growth. And then the Enneagram came along and sort of did that. And it was, it's rooted in that every single type has kind of like, I don't want to say sin, but they called it their root sin. It's like their number one fear, I guess, the place that they come from um, that sort of drives all their other behavior. So for mine, I'm a type six and my fear is like, I, I want, I seek security, right? So I'm always looking at like worst case scenarios. Um, what could possibly, the eight ways that this could go wrong. Like, um, I, I seek ways to mitigate risk. Right. So, um, and I don't think it's just fear. I think it's also, um, something that you struggle with, like one of, like the seven deadly sins, you know? Oh yeah, totally. It's, um, it might motivate you to make a certain decision Mm -hmm. um, because of that fear, but also it could drag you down into making, um, like one of the, um, sins, if, if you will, um, was sloth. And so that type would gravitate towards going slow moving, not getting anything done. Like that's just like, if they're not careful and vigilant, they, they would fall into that. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a fear, but it can have an impact on relationships though. Exactly. And if we're talking about like being able to further the kingdom and making an impact, uh, as far as Christians and our encounters with people in our day-to-day lives, like that is something you want to be cognizant of. Exactly. Right. Right. So, um, it's good to know and under, and when we're talking about awareness, this is what we're talking about. Learning about yourself. We don't ever recommend using these things as a box to keep yourself in or excuses to stay that way. Yeah. Like my biggest pet peeve is when somebody says, well, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. Like that's our society though. You know, I hear so many people say it and I've caught myself doing it too. Like, well, it's because I'm an INFJ or I'm a type six or whatever. And it's like, all right, that's good and well. And that's, it's great for you to understand where you're coming from and why you were motivated to be like a tool (laughs) in that particular moment. But now that you know, Mm -hmm. you have to find a way to kind of like grow out of that. Right. Um, it's like someone telling you, you really hurt my feelings because you did that. Yeah. Well, now that you're aware that you doing that certain thing Stop. hurts somebody else's feelings. Stop doing you it. You need to be more on your guard about next time not acting that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it might come natural to you. Even, <laughs> yeah. So natural. So natural. Um, yeah. So I think like that's a huge part of it is knowing yourself, having a better understanding of who you are uh, goes a long way. And being able to accept what your flaws are and then seeking the help that you need. Um, and this is where Jesus comes in. And I think it was for both of us kind of the same way. I don't, I mean, we have different stories, different backgrounds about what's happened in our lives, but, um, I am divorced and I won't go into the details about exactly what happened. Um, but it was years ago and it did a number on my self-esteem and I left that marriage just really totally lost. I didn't know. I had no self-esteem. I had no hope of anything. And I was just like in the bottom of a hole, I guess. And, um, 
God really started to bring me out of that. Yeah. Without me really doing anything. But it was, you know, it was a process. I think that when you're in those moments of hopelessness or, you know, you're kind of at the bottom or the end of your rope, um, you start to question your being. God, Mm -hmm. why did you bring me here? Why did you make me this way? What is your purpose? What am I even doing? Yeah. You know, on this earth, why am I taking up space? Yeah. You know, and so being able to understand and accept who you are as a creation Mm -hmm. of God. And, um, it reminds me of this verse, Psalm 139, 13 through 14, which says you are for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And that is just when you are at that point where you're questioning, like, what is my existence even matter? Yeah. Like I'm, I, I feel like I'm just word of advice. If you're in that place, do not read Ecclesiastes <laughs> because stick to the Psalms. You will not <laughs> be given any hope that, that, that was when Solomon was really end of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, look at the mistakes I've made. Um, but I mean, it's, it's true. God created you for a purpose. Mm-hmm. He created you very intentionally. Mm-hmm. He knit you together. Each piece of you, physical, emotional, all of that, it was intentionally created with thought and with purpose. And at the end of it, he said, it's wonderful. Yeah. My work is wonderful. So you can't, like, when you're at the bottom, mm-hmm. when you're at that place of, like, searching mm-hmm. for a reason of why... You know, what, what's going on in my life, you can remind yourself, or maybe you have been at that point and you're not at that point anymore. You're thankfully like you, you've come out of it. God's brought you out of it. But just the reminder that you're a wonderful work. Yes. I mean, that is like so important to being able to accept yourself, who you are, that you're here, that you're here for a reason, that you're here at this time for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. We just had that conversation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that is on point because that's, that's it. That's really what acceptance is all about is that you have to. And I think a lot of us have been there, maybe not everybody. Um, but a lot of, a lot of us have been at, at that point in our lives where we haven't really understood what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I know I have plenty of times I've kind of thrown my hands up like you made a mistake. And he's like, no, I didn't. You know, um, I mean, I think today I was like, uh, what was I saying? I thought I was, I wish I was born. Like I was like, I wish I wasn't born century. Yeah. Another century. Like I really wish I was born, you know, as Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, (laughs) you know, and Darby's like, yeah, you would have been, (laughs) quite a problem <laughs> for women. <laughs> um, so anyway, she was, uh, it's just, it's, it's a matter of, I think knowing and then accepting, and then it kind of helps you step into whatever it is that God has for you. Mm-hmm. And that's like the key bit, right? Like your purpose. It's yeah. not, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to be speaking to stadiums of people, but your impact can be felt on a major level, even if you don't realize that it is. Um, Darby's a really good example of that, I actually think, because um, I don't even really know, honestly, if I would be 
exactly where I am if it wasn't for you. And I, I know you've, t- I've told you that like a few times. Um, Darby was a really good steady force in my life during the years that I was just like utter chaos <laughs> and with all my emails and, you know, questions and very steady force. Sometimes it would take her a few days to get back to my, my lengthy emails, but I always knew it was because she was praying and trying to gather her thoughts and figure out like what was the best response that, you know, was, was of God really. Right. Um, which couldn't have been easy for her because, you know, my faith was sort of hanging in the balance there. Um, and that alone is an impact that you can, you can see and you can feel because I ended up coming back to my faith and I've been the happiest I've ever been over the last three years. Like I never thought I could be this happy, this fulfilled or at complete peace with who I am. Like I am at a place in my life where I don't want to be anybody else. Like I am 150% content with what I have. I see blessings in my life every single day and I'm just filled with gratitude and to be able to look on your life with joy, even in the struggles is an incredible thing. Cause I'm somebody that struggles with anxiety and depression. And obviously I'm not sleeping very well right now. And I have to like drug myself up with all kinds of things just to like get like seven hours, but I'm still joyful. You know, I still have the spirit of joy in me. And that is, that's the thing when you have experienced it, it's something you want to promote. You want to pass on to other people. You want them to understand that they're not a mistake. You know, that God has them here for a reason, that he loves them and that he wants to show them, right? All he desires, I think, is to give the best that he can to us if we're willing. You know, um, obedience is a really important factor in that. Um, not to say that if you're not obedient, that he's not going to give you good things. But sometimes I think it takes a little bit longer to get them if you're not listening. Um, but Darby's impact can be felt through me because of where I went with it. And then, you know, I wanted to start this blog and I brought her in and now we're doing a podcast and we're just doing our best to get it out there. And we really don't know at the end of the day how many people we're going to affect But if there's someone out there that gains something from our written words or our spoken words, then we've done our job, right? Right. We've done our job. And there are no small roles. When you know yourself and you accept that you have been made just as God intended and that he does love you as you are, it's not about attaining perfection. Um, And the work will be completed, you know, to, I think, Jesus' satisfaction by the end of your life. That doesn't mean you will be perfect, but it does mean that the work that he intended will finish as it, as it, as he, as he had meant for it to. So to know that is probably one of the most satisfying things that you can have. Um, I mean, you're a perfectionist, right? (laughs) I'm a perfectionist. So you know what it's like to be always coming from that space of like, I have to perform. Yeah. And the good thing about the grace that we're offered is that it's not performance based. You know, he already accepted us. He already knows sins, past, present, future. So it's never, never based on our works. Right. And we are free then to really live it out. Right. Knowing that we've received that love, that we're made exactly as we are and that we're going to be growing. Right. We can rely on him keeping his promises, which he surely has. You know, like I've seen all of these things come to fruition that I never, never in my wildest dreams thought I would be doing. Never in a million years. I've stepped out into things the last year that I never, ever would have had confidence to do a year ago, two years ago. I would have never seen myself doing half the things I'm doing now. 
Um, I imagine that that knowledge for anyone that he accepts you as you are, um, is a comfort no matter who you are, what personality you are, any, anything like that. But as a perfectionist, that is monumental because I can never do it to my expectation or my standard. It's never exactly what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm really happy with it at first, I stare at it for a while and I'm like, but (laughs) if I could just change this about it, then it would really be perfect. I mean, my husband will tell you. Yes. I know what you mean. Doesn't that suck? The times where you're like, okay, you feel really satisfied with something. Like, I'll feel like that about a blog post. And then I go back and read it. I'm like, this is garbage. I know. (laughs) I I, I really am diligent. I know that about myself and I really try hard to interrupt that that train of thought that's mm-hmm. like oh but you know maybe we can tweak it this way or we can do that or what I and I try to just be content like no Darby you're fine stop don't don't run yourself into the ground ragged you know because <laughs> you're not quite happy but knowing that God accepts me mm-hmm. the way that I am that I'm p- covered by the blood of Jesus and because of that I can approach the throne of God Mm-hmm. I mean, I can stand boldly in front of him and he says, wonderful is my work. Mm-hmm. Looks at me and says, wonderful is my work. I mean, that's, oh, it's, yeah. How So much peace comes from that. I don't have to, it's not on my merit. It's not, you know, what I did. Of course, like, yes, you were talking about obedience. That's so important. Be obedient. You know, like you are storing up your treasures in heaven with the choices that you make here on earth. And also, you know, aside from that, that's the most important, but also aside from that, like you want to be blessed here on earth as well. Like blessed in spirit, blessed with, um, physical things. Like you were talking about a good hair day. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) I have prayed for that (laughs) and been given it. I mean, small (laughs) things, big things, all kinds of things. Like you want to, we want the, we desire that blessing. And that is like, God wants to bless us. I think he delights in blessing us. Yeah. But, um, but really it's not anything that we do that gets us into heaven Mm -hmm. other than believing in Jesus Christ. Yes. Professing that he's the Lord and savior. And so being able to be accepted by God through Jesus is just from, from, from my personality, my perfectionist personality, it's just like such a comfort. Thank yeah. you, Jesus, that I don't have to do it. It's a relief on my own work because I would never get there. Yes. I would never, it would never be enough. I would be, I would be constantly worried that it's not enough. Yeah, because it wouldn't be. It wouldn't we're, be. We're all sinful. We we we're not perfect. Yes, let's strive for perfection. Let's strive to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. But let's also understand we don't have we don't have what it takes. We need God. Yep. I just want to say amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what though? Like just kind of like coming off of that, piggybacking off of that. Um, it's, it's, it is a big deal to know, to, to, you have to also accept that you're not the one that's doing the work necessarily all the time. Like my biggest problem is I swear <laughs> like a lot and I'm, I think I'm doing a little bit better, but I'm always so frustrated with myself. Right. Um, I, I swear. And then I have road rage and I definitely swear during road rage. 
I do have to say, she's doing so much better. With swearing? Yes. Oh, well, thank you. Jess, you take that. You receive that. Thanks. You are doing so much better. Thank you so much. (laughs) Just, yeah. (laughs) Go Uh, with that momentum. (laughs) I'm going to take that with me. Um, But what I realized about that was when the times where I was, like, more frustrated um, with that than anything else, I would look at other areas of my life and I would realize that he was, he had convicted me in all these other things first. And I understood how I had changed in these other ways. And because my mom will tell me and like certain other people have told me like, you're really different than you were like two years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't always see it because I'm like, I'm living, I'm living the life. Right. Yeah. And I am my own worst critic, but that understanding is just like God is kind of dealing with things in you that need to be dealt with, like the most important things at a time. And if I haven't really been fully convicted on swearing yet, it's probably because he's busy convicting me in something else. Like I know the driving is one of them. Like there's been a few times where I have done some really stupid things on the road because I'm impatient. And if any of you are driving on the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about, especially the state of Virginia. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything, <clears throat> Maryland license plates, but, um, I'm impatient and I have a number of times almost gotten to really severe accidents. I've, um, I've missed them, but let me just say, like, I wasn't the one hitting the brake. My car wasn't stopping. Like my reaction time was not based out of how great a driver I am. I was like definitely having some sort of intervention there and I could hear God being like, knock it off. Like, I am not going to do this forever. You better get it together. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And then I hear my mom's voice in my head like, you have a child. You cannot drive like this. And I'm like, that too. But, um, you know, it's when I realize the, the ways that I've changed and grown that I know where he's convicting me. And I am, I learn that I have that grace that when the time comes, you know, the swearing will slowly die down. Can't say it's ever really going to fully go away. I don't know. But there are a lot of other things in my life that have gone away. And for that, I am really, really thankful because I never thought I would be here. Yeah. But that's also the hope, the hope that we have mm-hmm. that we're, God's not done and God can do the impossible. Right. I mean, we might not ever think, look at people that get saved that are, do 180s, are completely different completely people. Completely different because people. Because God is the God of the heart. Mm-hmm. Like he is a heart, cha- he's a heart maker and he's a heart changer. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can do anything. So he can. nothing, nothing is beyond him. And I've heard some people give testimonies of a way that they felt or a memory that they had and God just completely took it from them. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's how he operates. I have had that experience quite a few times. Um, and it's like so comforting to have it too. You know what I mean? But, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there. Um, go ahead and tune in next week to part two of this discussion on acceptance of self. And, um, we hope that you enjoyed.